And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Nick Lindquist. Always a great time talking to Nick. Um, and we had a lot to discuss. We talked about the Bud Light boycott by the right and why uh, Team Trump uh, bizarrely wants to end it um, for some reason. We talked about some very interesting 2024 state polls. Uh, and we finally uh, answered the age-old debate of, of what would win a grizzly bear or a tiger in a fair fight. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Nick, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Nick Lindquist. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Nick Lindquist. Nick, how you been, man? I've been great. How are you? How's uh, fatherhood been treating you? It is fantastic. Every day is an adventure. And every day you're a little more tired than the day before, too. So it's like, (laughs) you know, I don't know. One of these days I'm just going to go into hibernation mode or something. Yeah, you'll sleep for like three days. Yeah. Probably in about six months. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's good, though. All good stuff. We we made it through our first uh, church service back. Uh, after uh, after the baby was born, she didn't even make a scene. You know, I bet most of the congregation didn't even know she was there. So, uh, I mean, you really can't beat that. That is that's great news. I I I applaud that. I mean, <laughs> I, I've heard plenty of babies at mass, but uh, you know, it, it happens and people understand. So, if it does happen, it's not a huge deal, but it's good that it didn't the first time. I know. I like. I know it's not a big deal, and I know most people like have kids <laughs> yeah and to, yeah but it's still i mean it's like this is my first baby and i just don't want to be that guy you know like yeah, nobody yeah. wants to be the screaming baby guy in church like it's just you know it's better than on an airplane but yeah fair yeah that is that <laughs> can't is walk outside on an airplane no uh. no um so i haven't mentioned the trans bud light thing yet um yeah. But I do want to. I want to start there, Nick. I know. I know it's not usually the topic that we cover, at least not to start off a podcast. But this is really interesting to me. Um, for anybody that missed it, you know, conservatives have been boycotting Bud Light after Anheuser Busch <laughs> felt it necessary to put a trans activist on the Bud Light can. Um, and interestingly enough, this is the first boycott by the right that was actually working. I mean, Bud Light yeah. took a massive hit like across the country. Um, they, they, they had a, you know, issue a kind of sort of apology, you know, whatever, you know, it wasn't perfect, but, um, and right when we have them where we want them, this boycott was actually making an impact. The Trumps decide to weigh in and tell people to drink Bud Light. Why? Who knows? I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't know what happened to team Trump over the last year or so. That made them take the wrong side of literally everything. But this, I mean, this is a long, this is a pattern of behavior here. Like Ronna McDaniel, right, for RNC chair. 
attacking Chip Roy and, and the Freedom Caucus members for demanding concessions from Kevin McCarthy, which they ultimately got in spite of, of Donald Trump, and then calling off the dogs and the whole Bud Light thing. It's like, I, I don't know. Uh, what, what, I mean, this, this boycott, it was working. Like, this isn't, it's not like the NFL stuff or anything like that. Like, it was actually working and making impact. So, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why these people are so, Trump claims to be the man of the people and, you know, the working man's champion and all that. It's like, he's just been consistently on the wrong side of every single one of these issues lately. Yeah, yeah. It's been really weird to watch. I mean, I know that they're trying to strategically reposition themselves for 24, but they shouldn't do it this way, where they're literally becoming like, uh, you know, John Kasich or something like this is this is very strange. And I've noticed it as a pattern like he's been uh, I remember his first attack on DeSantis, really the big one, his big his big uh, release was attacking him for wanting to get get a hold of the reins on Medicare and Social Security and Medicaid even. And it's like, oh, DeSantis wants to cut all those. That's great. Like, what? What, what, what is I don't see the problem here. Um, but that was like his big attack. He's been having the log cabin people at Mar-a-Lago like all the time. And like, look, I, you know, it, it it's one thing to like be supportive of them and, and whatever, but he's like going to an extreme with it. And I think this Bud Light thing really opened people's eyes to that. Like, why would you stop this boycott? Because it was successful. I mean, the fact that Anheuser-Busch felt the need to even apologize at all, even if it was a like crappy apology, um, is telling. Like they felt like, oh no, we've actually made a mistake here. Like this is not good. Um, and especially because, I mean, conservatives are the one, the ones drinking Bud Light. Like they're, it, it was just a, it was a silly move in itself. But the fact that they had to apologize was telling. And then you know Don Jr. and and friends go on TV and writing writing op-eds and stuff saying no no we should uh, we should just forget about this and move on and keep drinking Bud Light. So I wonder I wonder what's happening behind the scenes there. There's got to be some sort of personal investment. Yeah, I mean there's got to be. I know like Anheuser Busch is a big donor to both parties. You know they probably just right. took a look at how much money they give the GOP or whatever. But like I'll have you know too, I'm not a big boycott guy personally. Um, yeah, but I did, I was in a situation where I typically would have ordered a Bud Light or a Mick Ultra the other day and I, uh, ordered a Miller Light instead. I'm over here doing my part, man. Right. I <laughs> actually, I, I would have ordered right. a Coors Light, but they were out of silver bullets. So I had to go with the Miller, but, um, it's like, it's, I know like Trump's buddies with Caitlyn Jenner and all this stuff. And, and like, it's not even like with the transgender issue, like it's, it's about, I mean, this is important to people on the right because the left has made it all about kids, right? Like, it's not right. like if Bruce Jenner wants to chop his dick off, no skin off my back, buddy. Like, I do not care. Like, what a seventy-year-old man does. Like, right. that I'm a libertarian. I do not care. Adults should be able to basically do whatever they want. But that's not what it's about for the left. The left is targeting children. They are they are trying to trans the kids. Like, they are trying to mutilate the genitals of small children. It is an, an unspeakably an unspeakably evil ideology, and opposing this ideology is a noble thing to do. And I mean, we are 
like on the defensive here, like the left did this. I mean, the left, I mean, the left, they, they're praising this trans, you know, they it, essentially a, a transgender killer kills a bunch of school children. The left says, well, those kids had it coming because yeah, they're, yeah. they're Christians and their parents are Republicans or whatever. Like, this isn't a game, man. <laughs> like, these people are obsessed with spreading the transgender I- ideology among young people. And if we can bring corporations to their knees and force them to abandon all this trans propaganda, that'll save lives, man. That'll save children's lives from suicide, from genital mutilation. I mean, this is serious business. This isn't like the NFL players kneeling during the national anthem. I did not Mm -hmm. care. Like, who cares what professional athletes do? (laughs) Like, I do not care. They are literally a, a dancing bear at a circus. Okay. Like that is not like, and I'm a, rock and roll musician i'm the same way right like i'm a dancing bear on stage like it's like it's not you're just a a circus animal like you're not like who cares like you're not paying these guys to be smart or anything you're just paying them to catch a football throw a football hit people really hard so it's like who cares about that but this is not a this isn't a controversy over forced paid corporate patriotism on a sunday this is about protecting children from an ideology that will kill them yeah. and mutilate them and destroy their lives forever. Okay, like this is totally, I mean, this is different, this is categorically different than like the typical right-wing boycott. And usually I've opposed, uh, I've opposed all those boycotts. This is just different. It, it, we're in a different stratosphere with this one. And the fact that these people can't tell the difference, it's like, man, I I don't know. I mean, like, it, it's the, the fact that the Trump camp sees no difference between the two. I just, I don't know, man. And like, they're so disconnected from their own base too. Like, I know it probably won't hurt them with their base because they're, it's kind of this cult-like mentality. Trump can do no wrong, but it's like, dude, the MAGA base, like the Republican base was behind this boycott. And I don't know, man, it's just so bizarre to me. It's very strange. And it is scary. Like you were saying, I mean, they're, they're literally just targeting kids at this point and not even trying to hide it. I mean, They'll, you know, they'll take a kid who maybe there's a boy who's a little more feminine or a girl who's a little more masculine, and they'll convince them that, oh, well, maybe you're just a different gender. And they'll basically manipulate them into ruining their lives, and they don't want parents intervening because a lot of states, they'll like – they won't let their parents intervene, whether it's medical records or like – having the school tell them what's going on like they don't even want parents involved which is very telling and then you've got activists which is the other problem like uh dylan mulvaney the the trans activist that was on the can going to tiktok and saying like this is a safe space to talk about gender and i want kids to be feel free to ask me questions and they're they're literally predators i mean they're they're targeting your children and they don't care what you think. In fact, they think you're the enemy of that. Like, they think that they should own your children and not you. It's it's very scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, yeah, it, it's funny, man. It, it's funny. Like, the, the Bud Light thing specifically is interesting because, like, we, we keep saying, like, right-wingers have been saying for years, like, go woke, go broke. You know what I mean? And that's just never been true. It's just not it's just not true. Yeah. But I think this is the one case, man. Like, I just don't think Democrats, I don't think there's a Democrat in the country who drinks Bud Light, man. It's just like, it's just conservatives. Yeah. It's just like Midwesterners and Southerners, white working class people. 
You know, and yep. it's like this is the one situation where you could actually force a corporation to abandon an evil leftist ideology, like wholesale, like make them completely walk it back. And man, just part of being a Republican is just watching people around you snatch defeat from the jaws of victory over and over and over forever. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, and I, I'm with you on like the boycott stuff. I mean, generally speaking, they don't work. And I'm like, this is ridiculous, guys. Like, it's it's not even we we shouldn't even bother. But this one actually did. And you know, maybe it's a turning point of some sort. But it's sad that we get a win. And then every single time someone has to ruin it, whether it's, you know, on certain things, it's like the Marjorie Taylor Greene crowd. And then on other things, it's like the Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, lame, lamestream, you know, conservative sort of crowd. And it's just like, come on, guys, like, we cannot keep losing like this and forcing ourselves to lose after we're so close to winning. Yeah, for no reason. There's no no like, reason. I don't and like, I don't get it, man. Watching Don Jr. telling people like then these the Trumps don't even drink. Like Don Jr. doesn't drink. Right. None, none of them right. drink. Like why would you? Like why are you telling your audience to drink Bud Light anyway? Like I thought you don't want anybody to drink anything. You know, it's like it's such a bizarre, just unforced error, man. And like, you know, piggybacking on what you said about being tired of losing over and over. Another day, another poll. Um that describes exactly what I've been saying on the show for the last six months. Um, a couple different 2024 state polls this morning, Nick, uh, in Arizona. Uh, I think this is, I forget who sanctioned this poll. Um, but uh, in Arizona, they have Ron DeSantis beating Biden by six points and Trump losing by one point. And in Pennsylvania, DeSantis is up three and Trump is down four. Um seven-point swing in, in both of these states, and that's been pretty consistent across the board. Trump is consistently down, uh, you know, five to ten points to DeSantis, you know, in, in a Joe Biden matchup in every swing state. Um, but, hey, man, I mean, like, who needs, you know, Arizona and Pennsylvania? You know, they aren't important. <laughs> Trump could just win up. No, come on, guys. Like, it's absolutely incredible, man, that you see swing state poll after swing state poll, and these guys still, I don't know what it's going to take. Like, what is it going to take for these people to wake up? I don't know. And, and, you know, maybe that's part of why they were uh, they responded to the boycott the way they did the the Trump crowd, because, like you said earlier, um, but Budweiser does donate to both sides. And I actually saw some interesting uh, some interesting commentary on a lot of. 2016 and 2020 Trump campaign donors getting hesitant about supporting him in 2024. So I think they're getting desperate. I mean, they're, they're still doing great with small dollar donations, but I think they realize we need to shore up as many big donors as we can, if we really want to pull this off. And DeSantis is a natural at that. I mean, he's a natural at small and big donors. So, you know, I think they might be getting a little scared, but this is not the answer. I mean, they're alienating the small dollar donors by doing things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, you know, he's been going after DeSantis like six months at this point. And I mean, yeah, he's sort of ahead in some polls, but it's not to the level that you'd, that it would have been with any other candidate any other year. Like, he's just not used to 
attacking someone and having them not completely combust immediately. Right. Um, he's, he's not used to this. I mean, Jeb, that was easy. He had to basically say, he just had to give him a nickname and then like, just, just keep calling him weak. And within a week he was done. And same with Chris Christie and Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. Like he's not encountered uh, a formidable opponent in his lifetime until now. Yeah. It's just the, I mean, we're going to, this is going to be a battle throughout the primary season, but it's like, I don't know how many of these state polls it's going to take to show the MAGA people that Trump can't win before they start listening. Right. It's, it's just the, the one thing I respect the most about Democrats is that they only care about victory. Like they Mm -hmm. do not care. I mean, if you look at, I mean, look, AOC has voted on every bill to arm and fund Ukraine. Right. You know what I mean? It's like and so has Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and all these like they will just line up behind Joe Biden no matter what he does. And I'm not saying I want Republicans to be like that. I don't want Republicans to be these collectivist moron cult members like the Democrats are. But it's like these people, I mean, they voted for Biden in the primaries in 2020 because they just wanted to beat Trump. Like they just wanted to win and they knew Biden can do it. It's like. If Republicans could just have like 10% of that, if they could just have a little bit of grasp on reality and just say, look, like even if you love Trump, he cannot win. He cannot win. I've been saying this, Nick, every episode, 62% around the, the this BS New York indictment situation, which everybody knows is, is you know, just banana Republic stuff. It's absolutely, I mean, there isn't, Trump isn't even being accused of a real crime. I mean, honestly, it's, it's a complete right. joke. But 62% of independents, and this this poll came out before anything was even released, so it was just pure speculation. 62% of independents said they wanted Trump jailed for what he's being accused of, and so, but they hadn't even read it yet. Like, nothing was even unsealed yet, right? So basically, they were just saying, 62% of independents were saying, we want Trump in prison because we hate him and we'll never vote for him, for no reason, just because they yeah. believe corporate <laughs> media propaganda, right? Well, there's more registered Democrats than Republicans in this country by a lot, including in every single swing state except for Florida, right? You need 60% plus of independents to vote for a Republican to win. And, you know, your ceiling with independents is essentially 38% if you're Donald Trump right now. Because 62% want you in jail for no reason. For no reason, right? Like, so yeah. they weren't, when they were answering the pollster's question, what they were really saying is, we hate Donald Trump. That's what they were saying. Because, right. I mean, any idiot can read what Alvin Bragg has released and say, all right, there's nothing there. You know what I mean? But like, but they don't care. They just want him in jail because they don't like him. It's like you cannot win. Like you can't – if Trump's the nominee, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Like we're going to lose states we never – I mean, I, in 2020, we lost Georgia for goodness sakes. Like I, I never would have thought Georgia was at risk of going blue. But, I mean, you you could lose – man, I don't know. North Carolina, you could lose – I don't know, man. Like Biden could win 38, 40 states, potentially. Donald Trump is that deeply unpopular. But, like, the base, the MAGA base, they don't care. I mean, it's just like this bizarre cult kind of mentality where they just yell at you if you bring this up. It's like a weird—you hit a weird brain worm type situation, and they just scream at you like Democrats (laughs) that the sky is purple. It's like, I don't know what to tell these people to get them to just— just look, look at the polls. Like, look at what people are saying. Look at 
what independent voters, what female voters are saying about Donald Trump. You're not going to win them back because Trump's not going to change. Like, it's not like Donald Trump is going to broaden his appeal in the next year. If any, he's just he's he's hell bent on whittling down his base of support until it's just just the base. And like, yeah, you can win a primary like that, but he's going to get crushed. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, the fact that I, I think the turning point mentally for me was when we lost two Georgia Senate seats over the course of like no time at all. I mean, the fact that we would flip two Senate seats. Um, and they were two people that really tied themselves to Donald Trump and completely blew it in the suburban areas of Atlanta and Savannah, et cetera. Um, we also lost an Arizona governor seat. Like, how do we how did we do that? I know it's purple now, but it's not impossible to lose it. I mean, if you have the right candidate up there, it's easy to win it. Um, and we saw that with. I mean, in Georgia, for example, complete opposite side of that, um, we lost the two Senate seats, but the man who Donald Trump ended up hating, um, Governor Kemp, won, won re-election. Uh, we saw, we saw, uh, we saw Virginia go red. Um, like we see, there's a very clear pattern here, and it's it's the pattern is. Being sympathetic to the MAGA base, but not completely going all in on the MAGA base. You have to you have to walk a very fine line. And I think DeSantis has done that too. I mean, he's he's very policy forward. He's not uh, sort of election fraud, uh, sort of you know MAGA kitchen table discussions issues. He's like, no, we need to like make sure that you know, our citizens in the state of Florida are taken care of, and we need to do this, this, and this. And that is what I think Republicans need to learn. Like, when when push comes to shove, we need to be united on the issues that do matter. And <clears throat> we also need to make sure that we're pulling in enough independence. And what that means is not going all in on MAGA, but, you know, being MAGA adjacent, I guess. Right. Or just get, I mean, he's giving the people of Florida everything that MAGA wants. And then so right, right. I mean, it's like That's the other thing. He's more effective at MAGA than Donald Trump was, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Trump didn't really accomplish much, and what he did accomplish, Joe Biden just erased with a pen and a phone. You know, um, yep. I mean, like DeSantis is delivering on all of Donald Trump's promises. I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know why these people can't see it, but like that's the thing, man. Like, the, there's a lot of cowardice on the right as well. Um, surrounding Donald Trump and it's it's really frustrating and Trump is using his biggest asset in the primaries and that is the fact that he's a douchebag with no principles <laughs> you know what I mean like so he'll just right. he has these people terrified to criticize him because they don't want to get hit you know so now like Republican senators and congressmen who just don't want to be attacked are endorsing him you know and they know he's not the right man for the job they know he can't beat Biden and even like right-wing commentators don't want to be squealed at by Alex Bruzewitz or whatever his name is. So they don't they don't they don't want to criticize him either. Like it's this is it feels to me more like a hostage situation than a primary. And honestly, that's yes. why I'm so involved with pointing out Trump's flaws because I just don't I just don't I recoil to bullying. Like I just don't like bullies and I don't respond kindly to it. 
Like when I encounter a bully, I punch him right in the beak. So it's like, yeah, I just can't like Trump's strategy of just bullying people into silence and just like lining up behind them because they don't want to be attacked. It's like, dude, I'm a grown man. Like that's not going to work on me. And it is kind of pathetic watching these members of Congress. It's like, guys, grow a pair, man. And it's like these red state politics, like Marsha Blackburn endorsed Trump uh, this morning. And like red state, they know that they're going to win re-election no matter what. Like they don't care who's at the top of the ticket. They're going to win because it's a R plus 15 state. So they'd rather just endorse Trump so they don't piss off the MAGA cult. It's like, man, how about, are, are, are you tired of being in the minority though? Yeah. I, I am. I mean, my goodness, look at the price of everything you buy right now. That could have been avoided with, you know, some some victories. Like, there's no there's no replacement for a solid win. <laughs> my goodness, like, I wish these people cared more about saving the country than avoiding mean tweets from the Trump cult, but I guess that's too much to ask from members of Congress. Oh, yeah, far too much to ask. I mean, the pattern here, to me anyway, is, you know, the red state Republicans— um, who are coming up for re-election will line up behind Trump because they're worried about their primary, mostly. They know they can win a general. Um, so as long as they secure the MAGA base for the primary, they will handily win their seats um, when the general election comes around. But that that strategy doesn't work in states like Virginia and Georgia and Arizona. I mean, you can't you can't alienate independence in states like that anymore. And that's what they're doing. Um, and I also think, I actually think Donald Trump going so hard and fast at DeSantis this early was a mistake because now it's, it's kind of becoming apparent like, Oh, well maybe Donald Trump and his insults aren't indestructible. Like maybe, maybe there is a way to break to the other side and actually see victory, even though, Donald Trump like despises you. Um, so he's kind of showed his hand too fast. And I'm interested to see what happens over the next year and a half, given that. Yeah. Yeah. I do think he's kind of emptied the mag, man. Like, I don't know what else you right. can say against DeSantis. I mean, it's like all the attacks have fallen flat. It's just like, you know, he's going to flail. Like he's going to make, he'll lie. He'll just say crazy stuff and, and, you know, flail at him. But like, man, I, you know, the thing is, everyone, like, even in the, the commentary world, like, there isn't a single Republican, there isn't a single one of these MAGA people, whether it's, like, Hannity or, or Tucker Carlson or anything, like, there isn't a single right-wing commentator in the country who does not know that DeSantis is a far better candidate and way more right-wing than Donald Trump. Everybody knows right. it. Everybody knows it, but they're just a bunch of cowardly babies. <laughs> like, that's all yeah. it is. Like, dude, just grow a pair. Who cares if Donald Trump yells at you? Who cares? You're a grown man. Like, <laughs> like, right. like, who cares if you get mean tweets from these people that are paid to tweet mean things? Like, who, who cares? I just don't understand, like... I mean, it just goes back to just the impotence of the GOP, right? I mean, it's like, yeah. I, like this cowardice is just emblematic of the reasons why we've been losing over and over and over forever. You know, and it's like, yep. unless people stand up and take a stand, and it's like... And I'm going to keep saying it, guys. Like, you know, you guys know I voted for Trump twice. I endorsed him on this show. I told you all to vote for him. I switched a lot of votes from other people to Donald Trump in the last election. Okay. <laughs> like, I did more to help Donald Trump than you did. Crazy guy in the comments. Right. Believe me. You know, so it's like, 
I'm, I'm not some never Trumper or whatever, but it's like a vote for Donald Trump in the primaries is a vote for four more years of Joe Biden and the country just can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a good point. I mean, you know, if he did end up being the nominee, God forbid, I mean, I would still vote for him. I'd tell people to vote for him. I mean, yeah, he, me too. He, he's better than he's better than Joe Biden. We know that. So yeah. It's just a matter of <clears throat> we're not setting ourselves up for success. And I will walk into that voting booth and vote for Donald Trump and walk out knowing that he's going to lose anyway. But at least I did what I could. Yeah. And all, I mean, the arguments for Trump, it, it, they just they just don't make sense, man. Because like the argument that that the Trump people say, it's like, oh, you know, if you're if you're not if you're against us, you're establishment. You want Susan Collins? Like, no, we don't. Yeah. We want Ron DeSantis, who's much yeah. more right wing, who's much more MAGA than Trump himself. Like, yes, like if I would vote for Trump in a primary over Susan Collins, or Paul Ryan, or 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 Lindsey Graham, or whatever. like, of course. Ugh. But yeah. that's not like we have. This isn't Trump versus John Kasich. Okay, we no. have another option. Like, it's like the whole, like, we have to pretend like Trump's the only guy. It's like, no, man, like, that's not true at all. And you can even credit Trump for that if you want. It's not true. I mean, DeSantis has been who he's been since before Trump was on the political scene. But, like, you know, the, you can you can give Trump all the credit for, like, fixing the GOP or setting the Republican Party down a, a better path or whatever. Like, if you want to credit Trump for everything, that's fine. But it's like every politician outlives his usefulness. You yes. either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Like, that happens, and that happened to Trump. Happens to everybody. I mean, like, yeah, this yep. isn't, like, Ronald Reagan wouldn't win an election right now. I mean, he's been dead for 20 years, but, if, you know, like, it's just, like, right. times change. Like, it just doesn't, like, nobody, every, politicians have a moment, and Trump had his moment. It ended around 2018, and he's been a disaster ever since, <laughs> okay? So yep. it's like... it's okay to admit that. Like, it's, I don't know why people take it so personal. It's just politics, man. Like, these people don't care about you. Ron DeSantis doesn't care about you either. None of these people care about you at all. Like, if if you were drowning, they would not save you, okay? They wouldn't want to get their nice, fancy shoes wet. Like, that's just who politicians are. They're a bunch of degenerate sociopaths. So pretending like you have some personal connection to a politician is just weird. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, if your wife runs for office, I guess that, that would be different. But, like... I don't know, man. Like, it's just, I, I don't understand why Republicans have been tricked into this weird cult of personality the way Democrats do. I mean, they, they're acting the precisely the same way with Trump that the Democrats did with Barack Obama for eight years. Exactly. There's no difference between the two groups. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. I mean, politics is really a transaction. Um, and up until Trump, people understood that. But it seems like they've genuinely convinced themselves that Donald Trump personally cares about them. And that's, it's not true. And like you said, it's not true for DeSantis either. I'm, I'm fully aware of that. I, I'm fully aware that every politician I like doesn't have like a personal investment in me. Um, it's a transaction. If you give me what I want out of a politician, I'll give you a vote. That's how it works. But for some reason we've abandoned that with, uh, with Donald Trump. And it's so bizarre, too, because, like, if you were going to be loyal, don't ever be loyal to a politician ever for all the reasons we both just no. <laughs> we both just laid out. But it's like if you wanted to be loyal to a politician, like Donald Trump would be the last politician to be loyal to because he's not loyal to anyone. Like mm-hmm. he, sta- he stabs his own people in the back all the time. He throws his people under the bus. I mean, he, he's cheated on every wife he's had. Like He's not even loyal to his wives. It's like the man yep. is not 
loyal. <laughs> like he's not able. I mean, he's fired friends. He he just talks shit about his allies. He like, I, I just don't. I mean, like after his pan-picked candidates that he dragged through the primaries, refused to give any money to, right? He raised like a hundred and something million dollars and donated ten million of it to his candidates in 2022. So he mm-hmm. he. He dragged these bad candidates across the finish line, refused to help them financially, and then blamed the pro-life movement for losing. Yeah, It's like, dude, yeah. this man has no loyalty to you. He has no loyalty to the issues and policies you care about. I mean, it's like, I just, where is this bizarre attraction coming from? I just don't understand it. But it's got to stop. I mean, it's like, and, and I've said this before on the show, but I want to reiterate it. This is exactly how Democrats behave. But it's so off-putting from the right because we're used to, like, these little, like, you know, trans Democrats behaving like this. Like a little 90-pound weakling with no biceps and a chopped-up penis. I mean, it's like you expect <laughs> in blue hair and, and nose rings and stuff. Like, you expect that behavior, this, like, politician worship from that person that I just described. You just don't expect it from, like, Steve the truck driver at the end of the bar. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. when it's like a grown man with a job and a family acting like that acting like a trans democrat just don't act hey steve don't act like a trans democrat you know what i mean like don't 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 like you look like a fool and a clown don't be a clown for trump don't be a clown for anyone but but certainly not for trump i mean it just makes it's just such a gross it's like you see it and you're like ugh like that doesn't it doesn't work like that's not like my brain is not used to comprehending that like that's it's a weird image and that's why i i think that's why it's so it bothers me so much that's why it's so off-putting to me yeah, no, I, I totally agree with, with all of that. It's very off-putting, and we need to stop acting like uh, blue-haired Democrats and man up and actually stand up for what we're what, what we want to get done. Um, so I guess we'll see. Um, but but you're also right about the last election cycle. I mean, if you want an example of Trump not really caring about anyone else. Uh, Take a look at his handpicked candidates for all these races that they lost. Um, he's not that upset that they lost. What he wanted to do was take money-making machines, get his war chest built off of them, and then whatever happens to them it doesn't really matter. He's already made all of his money off of them. Yeah, and we had the Herschel Walker campaign just struggling through uh, the the runoff in Georgia, and they were saying, hey, we haven't received any money from Trump. Nothing. Yeah. And he'd fundraise with them and then give them, like, you know, 1% of whatever it was raised. Yeah. Uh, he did that with Blake Masters. He did yep. that with Kerry Lake. Yep. Um, it's just ridiculous. I know. I know. And Blake Masters and Kerry Lake are still super loyal to Trump, even though he demonstrated in front of the world that he's not loyal to them. You know, it's right. like, it's just a one-way street with this guy, man. It's a one-way street. But uh, one more thing, one point of order we have to discuss before we let you go, Nick. Uh, we're getting into the real important stuff now. Um, I think it was Jesse Kelly that sparked this debate on Twitter the other day, and I wanted to weigh in. He said he wanted to see a grizzly bear fight a tiger and see who would yeah. win. And, you know, you see, like, on Twitter, you see these debates all the time, like bear versus tiger, bear versus lion, bear versus gorilla. For, I, there's a, there's a clear cut answer to this that I want to explain, but first, Nick, I want your thoughts. Like, who would win? A grizzly bear? <laughs> We're talking, you know, a fully grown male grizzly bear versus a fully grown, you know, Siberian tiger, which is like the largest tiger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. So the grizzly bear has size on its side, but yeah. 
The Tiger has agility and speed on its side. And um, and I think I'm going to go with the Tiger. I mean, you're wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, I, I need to know why. <laughs> like, okay, so here's why. Tigers are ambush predators. I mean, they're all ambush predators, but tigers really use stealth to kill their prey. And, like, and that just would not have... Like, all right, so this situation, I would assume, would be in some kind of, like, stadium, right? Where... Because yes. people would want to pay to watch this. I certainly would. Um, and I assume you would be locking these two animals, like, in a cage together. Uh, you know, yes. you got to avoid, like, civilians being killed by a bear or a tiger. So I'm sure it'd be an enclosed area. But, like, so in this situation, like, a tiger would not be able to ambush the bear. They'd both be looking at each other. They know exactly what's going on. So it's like... That's true. You're not going to sneak, sneak up on a bear. And, like, even the biggest tiger is going to max out around, you know, five, 600 pounds, where the, you know, a very large male grizzly bear could be, you know, 1,300, 1,400 pounds. Mm, and it's okay. just not... I mean, a tiger has to get around a bear's neck. So it could happen. Like, if it just jumps up, there it is faster than a bear. All the bears are fast. They can run, like, 35 miles an hour. But a tiger can, oh, run, wow. about, can run about 50. But, uh, like, it's the likelihood of a tiger getting... A, a tiger would have to get around a bear's neck while not getting hit at all. Because, like, one blow from a bear could break a tiger's back. I mean, these things mm. are so much bigger, so much stronger. Razor-sharp claws. They're just tough, man. And bears have a thick layer of fat thick wear of fur, cats are not hard to kill. I mean, like, people, you know, I mean, you're not allowed to hunt tigers, obviously. Don't kill a tiger. But, like, I know people that go uh, mountain lion hunting here in the States and in Canada, they, they hunt with, like, a two two three Remington. You know what I mean? Like, a very small... I've heard of people killing them with twenty twos, And, like, you know, you need, like, a 300 wind mag to take down a, a big grizzly bear. So it's like... Or something bigger. But, you know, they're just a lot easier to kill than a bear. I just don't... I don't see... And, like, a gorilla... That a gorilla versus bear was trending on Twitter like a month ago. A gorilla would a bear would rip a gorilla oh, to shreds yeah. in ten seconds. Gorilla would be done. Yeah. I mean, you're talking four times the weight, way faster, way stronger. I don't even think a gorilla could kill a bear. I mean, I theoretically it could like jump on its back and like rear naked choke it to death if it knew jujitsu. But you know, yeah. gorillas don't, so you know, hey. There's It'd that. be like a less intelligent, larger human going up against a bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't have any natural, like, I mean, yeah, they have strength and stuff, but they don't have, like, claws and these huge, like, teeth that can pierce through skin in two seconds. No. I don't see that. Bears are just too strong, man. Like, in the, yeah. in, I mean, you know, like, obviously anything could happen, but I'd say if a tiger fought a grizzly bear a hundred times, a grizzly bear would win 95. Yeah, that's probably fair. I think that's a good way uh, to explain it. I just felt the need to discuss that, you know. I've been sitting around all night awake with a baby and just, you know, I have a lot of things on my mind, and the people need to know. I saw a lot of wrong it. takes, a lot of wrong tiger bear <laughs> takes, and your boy was not going to let that stand. <laughs> Got to think about something in those hours at, you know, 3 a.m., so. Absolutely. Always always thinking about the important stuff at 3 a.m. Oh, yeah, of course. Nick, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Where can everybody keep in touch, follow you, all that good stuff? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Nick underscore Lindquist. And you can find my writings and my work with Beck and Stone at NickLindquist.com. 
Everybody follow Nick. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Thank you.